This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by our super Patreon supporters, Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, and Will Nash. <laughs> Bow your shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I am the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the first of its name. First of its name. Long may it rain. The podcast to rule the seven kingdoms. Mm, Lord protector of the RSS feeds. Yes. And the Roina. And the first men. Mm, and the first women. Yes. We are forward thinking. Two stars. And very the non- podcast. non-binary. <laughs> We're just trying to double down on that so we can lose all the other fuck boys. Jeez, that iTunes review paid me oh, Steve. I don't want to curse. I don't want to curse. That'd be fucking ridiculous. You know what? Don't 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 curse then. No, no, no. You do you. Uh so today we will be covering episode five of House of the Dragon, and we will be doing it sans Andy. Uh, as we talked about, well, you won't hear the episode where we talk about that till Wednesday. Uh, but Andy's not here today because he had a death in the family. His dog, Penny, of uh, I think 12 years, passed away unexpectedly this morning. So it is just the two of us to carry on. Yes. The uh, light the high tower beacons. Yeah. Uh, our thoughts are with Andy because, you know, any longtime listeners know that Miss Penny, who has long been a staple of streaming things, she was often heard in the background being her cute, adorable self when uh, when we recorded at Andy's house. Um, so, you know, we'll miss Miss Penny, you know, reach out to Andy if you can and give him, give him your support. Cause you know, it's never easy lo- losing a, a loved one, especially like that. No, that's a, that's a family member, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, been in his life for a long time. So yeah. that's very, very sad. So we'll do our best, uh, without him. Um, but yes, like I said, we'll be covering house of the dragon episode five titled we light the way. And, uh, boy, was that a doozy? It really was. I had to pull myself uh, from Thrones Twitter, because back in the day, three, four years ago and beyond post episode of Game of Thrones on Twitter, just the onslaught of amazing memes. So addictingly fun for an hour after each episode ended. And Steve was like, you ready, man? Because it was time I'm sitting in front of the microphone, just scrolling Twitter like, I guess <laughs> I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. I don't want to peel my eyeballs off this app. Cause there's some good content on here. There is there's some good ass content on here. Plus we got the discord with the patrons. They're saying hilarious things, Yeah, but we got to talk about the show. That's what we got to do. Uh, so let's start it off. We're going to do some overall episode thoughts as we always do. Then we'll do a scene by scene breakdown. We did not watch just to make that clear to everyone. The after the episode uh, tidbits where the directors and cast talk about the, the show because we don't want to color our commentary. 
Mm-hmm. So good or ill, this will be just our thoughts on the show. Uh, we also don't watch the yeah. next week on. Yeah. And, and you guys will listen more about this on the episode that drops Wednesday, our mailbag episode. So stay tuned, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, stay tuned. Um, because, you know, we kind of briefly talked about how like a lot of people wrote in like, Hey, during episode four, when Damon and uh, Rhaenyra have their little uh, encounter in the brothel, like the director said that an it, entanglement. Yeah. There, was it Ryan Connell that said, you know, it happened that way because he couldn't get it up because of the power dynamic shifting on him. And that's not something we said. And people are like, why didn't you listen to that episode? It's like, well, because it would be easy to listen to that, go on the mics here and then say, Oh, it's because of the power dynamic. Yeah, totally caught that. And like, even though that's not necessarily what we pulled from when we were obviously watching the episode. So we, that's why we do it. We don't like to color our own honest perspective or uh, perspectives, especially on this type of situation where we're literally watching the show and coming straight here on the mics and giving you our raw, unfiltered feedback raw and wriggling and wriggling. You know, there are pros and cons to this approach. The pros is that you get our honest thoughts and our feelings and reactions right in the moment, but also it allows, it opens us up to make mistakes and miss some things and all that stuff, which is, uh, you know, it happens par for the course for streaming things as you guys are well aware. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this episode was directed by Claire Kilner, Steve, what, what are your thoughts? What'd you think about episode five? We're halfway through now. So this is another one of those Game of Thrones episodes that's really kind of trying to get you from point A to point B. Uh, it's covering a lot of ground in a very short amount of time because it's but but at the end of this episode, um, shit's really going to start happening. Like it, things have always happened in every single episode of the show so far. Like this show has not been boring at the least. Mm-mm. But a- after this one. you know i've read i've read fire and blood so i know what happens in the story so like it's like oh man this is when things really start kind of popping off and we know this was the the last episode with the young versions of the actors and so we're gonna get the older ones next next episode and there are some things that happen in here where if you have read the books you know i don't know if it's necessarily subtle but like in the episode when certain things happen, then we'll talk to him when we get to the recap. It's like, Oh shit, that's a big book thing. Um, so it, it was, it was a really fun episode. A lot of good, a lot of good, um, uh, scenes and acting. There's a ton of smoldering glances given to love triangle participants from rooms and it's like forbidden love. So there's constantly like, Oh, I'm looking at this person, but I love that person. And that person knows that I love that person, but they love that. There's a lot of that. And it's some really good drama and tension involved. Um, so, but it, but it was a good episode. It's, It's not my favorite episode so far, but keeping in tradition of hot D it's just great damn television, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I think, I don't know, man. I, I am in awe. Uh, and I don't know what that, I said it in the discord earlier. I, I don't know what this says about me, but this is so much my jam. It is ridiculous. I, I rattles your dags. This rattles all of my dags. I have loved this universe for over two decades now. And I think that this show is a complete fucking home run. I can't say it any more clearly mm, than that. It is absolutely. just checked all my boxes delivered on every single expectation that I might have had completely honored so far the heights of game of Thrones, which I believe to be the best show on television at its heights. Um, and, and, uh, filled in some of the gaps. Like we've said a lot, if you, even if you read the books, it doesn't necessarily spoil 
nearly anything. The, the, the main plot points are there, but a lot of what occurred in those books were in that book, excuse me, was, was rumor and hearsay and multiple perspectives and the canon version, which is what we're now getting of what transpired is so engrossing, so incredible. I think every episode gets better and better than the last, maybe not wholesale, but just in general, like this is just damn good television. It's gripping. And this episode in particular, there's so many veins of things like, uh, dare I say, Pride and Prejudice, dare I say Bridgerton, mm. with that, that that gritty, incestuous Game of Thrones spin on it. That just is just like you can't help but, but watch it. Your eyeballs do not stray on this show. And I thought that this was incredible. I think that the casting is is week to week just proven to be absolutely inspired. Mm -hmm. Like Patty Considine as Viserys is so good. Like all the little, the nuanced looks on his face. Uh, Emily Carey. I'm so disgusted that we have to say goodbye to Emily Carey and Millie yeah. Alcock. Cause they yeah, are just crushing it, knocked it out of the park. And I have complete faith in Olivia cook and Emma Darcy, but uh, very, very sad to watch them go. But yeah, I just, I'm, I'm in love with this show. This is a blast. I, I, I adore it. Uh, I can't, I can't gush about it enough. So any hoozle. Let's dive right into the recap, shall Dive we? Right in. Yes. To Steve, right out finger guns uh, for those not watching on the YouTube, because wow, uh, <laughs> those are necessary. He's got them cocked and loaded. So the, the episode opens with Lady Rhea, the, the famed wife, uh, the bronze bitch. As from Damon, those are Damon's words, not mine. Uh, the <laughs> wife, the wife of, of Damon Targaryen. So it, it opens in the Vale. She's out hunting, I believe, uh, with with her cousin Sir Gerald, um, and then she sees her husband Damon waiting at the mouth of the canyon. We get a, a nice wide vista as she's galloping across the the Vale, uh, and then she runs into Damon, and he looks he's cloaked and hooded like a man who's he, a clear ne'er do well. Yes, a clear ne'er do well. Yeah, this was an interesting scene, not only because we get to see uh, Rhea, um, but it, it's cool because because the way Damon talks about her, it's like, oh, what what is, what's her deal? What's she like? And then you right. see her and she's this gorgeous woman who has like a little bit of Arya Stark in her. I get that, got that vibe or she's just kind or, of like. Um, uh, Osha or Yara. Yara, Asha, yeah. Uh, but, you know, kind of like this, like, go get them. You know, Asha, she, yeah. she goes and hunts by herself and she's kind of adventurous and fun loving. And all, by all intents and purposes, like, seems like someone who, like, I feel like Damon should at least respect her. I would have thought right? they would have been. But the thing is, I think what, what's disgusting about his character, and we, we learned this in the after the episode of episode four, you would think that he would be. Uh, taken with her, except that she's so independent, so in control that he finds it disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he gets off on being in power. And if, right. and if you, you know, if you were in a relationship with her, you would imagine that power dynamic would definitely be challenged. Yes. And, he, and that's probably why he doesn't like it. And Andy said in a little, maybe an uncouth manner, but I, I know what he meant in the last episode where he's like, when we meet Lady Rhea, uh, I, I would not be shocked to find out that she's hot, right? That she's attractive, despite Damon's insistence that she's a disgusting sheep woman or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that seems to be the case. She's uh, very capable, very attractive, seems like a wonderful person to know. And she's got a really great wit because she she rides up to him. She sees him skulking about on the on the trail. And she's like, oh, my hus hello, husband. Hello, husband. Have you finally come to consummate the marriage? And that's a huge I'm, thing that we just learned. That yeah. They've never they've never had sex. Yeah. And, and then she goes on to say, like, I'm not willing, but I can probably find some sheep on the hills. that will be willing for meaning, you. Like meaning she's heard the things that he said about yeah. her and her people. Yeah. 
just very, just that's juicy hot goss. Hot goss. Immediately as soon as the show opens. Um, And then, yeah, I I don't understand what transpires here. Um, Like she talks about, she's trying to goad him saying that the king cast you aside for a little girl, meaning I assume Rhaenyra. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, I th- it's open to interpretation. I'm, I'm dying to know how you read this scene, Steve, because this, the horse seems to be nervous about Damon. She, the horse senses his ill intent. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Lady Rhea realizes she's in mortal danger because she says, unless you want to like meaning, oh, no, you would kill me and try to marry her would be your obvious play. She yeah. seems to realize that maybe reach for a well, weapon. Yeah, he's, she says something like you're, uh, alluding to his ambitiousness. She's like, would you strike the child down? And then the way he keeps kind of creeping up on her, she realizes, oh, oh, fuck, there's a plan gonna, B to that. He's going to strike me down right uh, and then the horse bucks crushes her falls completely backward and crushes lady Rhea. uh what spawns that you know just the I, he didn't really do anything it didn't seem i think it, that might be a little bit of an editing problem perhaps uh because i read it as he was slowly sneaking up to the horse to get close to it to then to freak it out it? Yeah, because uh, i think he fully intended to get her killed 100 percent because he, he uh, in the next moment smashes her head with a rock yeah well do you think he would have done that if she didn't say like no you couldn't finish i think he was always going to get a big rock okay yeah because <laughs> it does him nothing to now have um a, you know a i don't know if that's the correct word a physically injured uh a crippled wife that he doesn't like does mm-hmm. him no good right especially if she thinks he, he caused it and she can just tell everyone that. Yeah. So I think he was always oh, nope, just looking for a big rock over here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, couldn't find a big rock. And they do this and they did this in game of Thrones a lot. Specifically, there's an episode, I think in season seven, uh, where Samuel Tarly, and there's a lot of smash cuts where it's really gross with him when he's like cleaning the toilets and stuff and then cutting and preparing food and gruel. So they smash cut as soon as he grabs the rock and walks up to her to a fish being sliced open on a boat. Uh, And that just reminded me of that that montage with uh, Tarly. That was a good edit. Uh, And then we cut to King Viserys. He's seasick. And again, it does so much to highlight that he's such such a sissy like he can't even take he's so ill and ailing but at the same time like the the most menial job of just being on a boat in your own kingdom to one of your other places Battles. of your realm and you can't even do that without vomiting over the side of the boat you know poor guy um, i feel sorry for him couldn't be less capable as a the man's man's king i do love the visual storytelling in this moment because viserys you know leans over and he, he vomits on uh, off the off the boat and it, it shows um lionel strong reaching for like a handkerchief to give to viserys and when he does that you see that the hand of the king pin is on lionel's chest yeah. now like to visually show like oh now lionel strong is the new hand yeah and that he's performing his duty by covering up the king's ailments as best he can mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this later too but i, I have this strangest realization of how good of a hand lionel is like he's always been a mm-hmm. staunch supporter and giver of good sound advice to the king throughout this show everything he said has been honest and true it is seemingly not self-serving um and viserys realizes that later in this episode but we'll get there Uh, so yes lionel strong is the new hand he has sent Otto away and then we cut to after this uh Otto leaving uh and then allison comes up to express her you know sorrow for his parting and he blames her like this wouldn't happen if you hadn't supported Rhaenyra. You chose Rhaenyra, and she's like, "No, but I love Rhaenyra, and and she didn't do it. I believed her. That's all." And he said, 
you don't. And she's like, and then she blames, she throws it back at him. Like this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't just so, uh, I forget what the word she said, but just your unyielding support, uh, for Aegon, for Aegon to be the King instead of Rhaenyra. And then he just kind of embarrasses her into being a little silly girl. Like you think that I'm obsessed with our family being King. It's the fact that war will certainly, and he almost convinced me because I know he's very ambitious and self-serving, but he's not stupid and he's not wrong. That's mm-hmm. what's so good about this show. But the way he kind of twists the knife though, because not only does it go like war will break out, they won't accept Rhaenyra. And, but he, he adds this added element to it where like, and Rhaenyra will kill your kids and you. Well, that's what I mean. He's, he's, he's not wrong. Unless he's wrong about Rainier's character, character potentially, but that is a common thing in this world and in the, in the politics of the throne mm-hmm. that the only enemy to her claim will be Alicent's children. And it, it stands to, if she is as cold blooded as Otto is, Otto's thinking if I was her, right. I would kill these kids. Right. So that's if he's only unable to see the world through any lens other than his own, like, uh, don't make me say it, your grace. Yeah. I, I know what I have to do, but I don't think I have the strength to do it. I will have to kill these kids. <laughs> <laughs> there I said it. There I, you made I me, it. you made me say it. Uh, and so, yeah. And then I love that we get to see the, the cogs turning in Allison. And again, this, this tragic version of the story that the show has been putting forth of her gradually becoming, uh, Rainier's enemy. Um, yeah, because it is sad because you're right in the world of Westeros, that is a valid concern to have, sure. right? Yeah. You get the impression that if if Otto didn't say this or didn't constantly kind of put his thumb on what Alicent was doing, right, that, you know, even if the realm did break out into war, Rhaenyra would not kill Alicent because they are their friends. It's They're this, bros. It's this system that is constantly like ever working to pit these two against each other. It's classic, brilliant Shakespearean tragedy where if if everyone just spoke honestly and, and calmly, Mm -hmm. there would be no plot. Right. Right. And that's what's that. Those are the best. And if there wasn't just a bunch of men running things, right. (sighs) Tell me all the ladies, Alison, Rhaenyra, get them, you know, Take that power. Rainies. Rainies. Yeah. Fuck. That's one thing like uh, I'm bummed about is Rainies isn't in the show more because I love her. I want to see her more. I think she's about to be. Oh, I think so, too. But uh, uh, that still doesn't mean I didn't want to see her this whole time. That's true. She's, she's great. She's she's phenomenal. Very regal. But if these ladies. The queen just, that never was. Just like men, we're breaking the wheel. Y'all can't be trusted. Y'all Don't think talk about your, breaking wheels. It gets me sad, Steve. You, you, you keep thinking with your little willies, your little your little knighthoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ladies are here to keep shit in order. Let's fucking go. And we, after this, we cut to Viserys and they've arrived at Driftmark, which is where they've been heading the whole time, sailing to the seat of House Velaryon. High Tide. High Tide. It's the castle name. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. cool. It's like an ocean name. It's nice. And there's a driftwood throne. Yeah. (laughs) Nice theme. Do you think like, I like to think the inside of high tide that we don't typically see is like the inside of a retire, a a retiree's Florida home where they have like just a piece of glass with shells in it. And And lots of aquariums. Yeah. Like a lot of paintings of just like seashells and. Ando Dossi. That's their theme song. (laughs) No, is that. Probably not. Welcome to Driftmark. We have lots of food. (laughs) 
Um, and we, you know, we see the Kingsguard, which I love their helms. They're matching little Kingsguard helms. Uh, and right away, we see that Lena, Lena Valerian, uh, the one that was like, do you have any games on your phone, sir? She's, <laughs> she has games on her own phone now. She, she's grown up. Yeah. Um, we see Lenor grown up behind her. We saw him before, though. And Lena is, uh, is, is grown. And they approach. And immediately, Viserys is upset because the Lord of Driftmark... Corlys Velaryon and his wife, Rhaenys, have not come to greet him as is expected. That's tradition. It is considered a purposeful slight that they did not purposefully welcome the king to their castle, which is mm-hmm. is true. They're 100% doing that on purpose. And Lena's just trying to be diplomatic. Oh, the king is, or the, the lord is very tired from his journey. He awaits you in the, the hall. He's actually just got this badass new Lego set. And Viserys is like, oh my God, for real? Take me there. Never mind, I understand. How many pieces? Answer me truthfully. Do not cross me. How many pieces? I do love how Viserys is like, because um, Lionel's very like, well, he's not here to see his king. And Viserys is like, I don't fucking, fine, let's go to the fucking hall. I don't care. I'm sick. God damn it. Who would live on an island? <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. I don't like island life. I am not an island boy. <laughs> island boy. Dude. I'm going to make a note to turn that into a meme later. <laughs> For the drift, Mark Blaze. Uh, we cut to... Uh, Laris Strong and Allison. So Laris the Clubfoot is the son of Lionel Strong, brother to Harwin Breakbones Strong, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in the, the God's Wood, and he's being a sneaky boy. He's limping around being a real sneaky boy. He's trying to very subtly turn Alicent against Rhaenyra talking about Otto leaving. And it's not very subtle. It's, I was going to say it's not subtle at all, really. but it's subtle to her for some reason. They're not giving Alicent much credit in this show in this moment. Um, she's like, I think you have need of an ally, my queen. And she's like, I'm the queen. I have tons of allies. And he's like, Oh yes, totally. Totally. <laughs> I get that word. <laughs> you have lots of friends. I'm, I'm certain of it. Your grace, but he's sowing discord talking about the rumor of the, the, the plan T that was brought by Grand Maester Melos to Rhaenyra, sent by the king himself. And all of that is true, but he's letting it, you know, simmer. Yeah, he, he's implying some things. Simmer uh, like the teeth. And you can see the look on, on Allison's face so that she believes him instantly mm-hmm. and she's questioning her decision. And this is all born on the back of her guilt over her father being turned away already because he already made her feel guilty for choosing Rhaenyra. Now she feels like, oh no, I was on the wrong side of this. And she's very upset with herself. I do like Laris's one line when she, uh, she asks him like, how do you know this? And he says, well, when one is not invited to speak, one learns to observe, my lady. Also, I limp. Yeah, that's why they don't invite me. They anywhere. don't hang out with me. They're never like, Laris, come hang out with mm. us because it would take me a while to get there. Plus, the money don't jiggle jiggle. It, it folds. folds. I do like the guy who plays Laris. He's really bringing in that. He's uh, got that smarmy. He's really bringing that little finger energy that maybe um, uh, uh, Otto doesn't quite nail. But like this guy definitely strikes me as a little, little finger. Yeah, because Otto has was born to power. So it's missing that ambitious, hungry, smarmy component. Yeah. You know, there's a little element of Tywin to Otto. Um, but no, he's no Charles Dance. Yeah. The, uh, the actor's name is Matthew Needham. Need him. And I need him more in the show. <laughs> need, him to, I, I like, need him to be in the show. I, I liked him. Uh, and we cut to no girls allowed to see Corliss uh, because it was Lena and who that were turned away. They go to Rhaenyra. the 
Rhaenyra, that's right. Yeah. Duh, duh. How could I forget my queen? How could we, you? They, they go to the chamber, the 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 Hall of Nine, uh, which is like the you know the court area of Driftmark, High Tide Castle, and all the women they turn around, they're like, no, 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 no girls allowed. And they're like, oh, should we go find some food to eat or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, they go in to see Corliss, and he greets them. He makes up an excuse to Viserys, and Viserys is a little annoyed, but he's like, hey, what's up, bro? Uh, and then Rainis breaks the tension. She yeah. comes in with a very warm welcome. Cousin. My favorite cousin. I didn't know you were here. I'm Even though you were the cousin. king and the herald announced your coming hours ago. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's over now. Did you see the Legos I bought you? And he's like, oh, my God. And it was only 800 pieces. But yes, thank you, Rainis. <laughs> she touches his hand, which is now missing several fingers and is quite sticky uh, and becomes <laughs> very concerned for him. Uh, he kind of looks down like, mm, yeah, well, she's like, are you sure you're OK? I'm, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm actually uh, thinking about putting some leeches on it later. Usually does the trick. I love leeches. Oh, boy. Oh, whenever I'm having a bad day, I go to Maester Mellis and I'm like, leech me up, daddy. Leech me, daddy. Relaxes me right away. Right away. Puts me right out. Any hoozle. Uh, and then they talk up a little bit about how Lady Rhea Royce has passed. Uh, and they mentioned that her, the horse crushed her neck and skull, which was gross because we knew that did not happen, which means that Damon did that with The Rock, mm-hmm. not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock he picked up just to be clear. Don't yeah, want to confuse don't, anybody. Don't throw accusations toward Dwayne. Uh, and he talks about, they talk about how it's unfortunate that they didn't have any heirs uh, because Lady Rhea was stood to inherit Runestone, which is one of the lead vassals of House Aaron. Is that the Royce castle? Tis. Yes. Okay. Tis indeed. The Royce family is long and celebrated. Their history is long and celebrated, Steve. Mm. And that's where Viserys breaches the reason for his visit. He talks about a proposal of marriage betwixt Rhaenyra, the princess, his daughter, and Lenor, the heir to Driftmark and Corlys and Rhaenys' son. And um, Corlys is not immediately excited about this idea like he is supposed to be like the respectful thing would be like oh but of course we grace you honor me but he's like i need to know about the details the deets of what you're proposing i would like some clarifications and viserys on, on this. is so weak that he proceeds to clarify instead of you know getting offended by that which is just says speaks volumes about the kind of king that he is because this scene kind of like you understand corliss's reticence but at the same time the chain of command is such that this is not the way this conversation is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. King Viserys is not supposed to personally take a ship to House Valerion to offer this proposal and grovel about it. He's not supposed to explain the deets. He's supposed to say with a raven, come see me. Yeah. Bitch. Chip, chop, chip. Immediately. And bring a 2,000 piece Legos. No less. No less. And it should be Star Wars themed because I'm going through that phase. <laughs> <laughs> An at at. <laughs> you gave me an at at walker. My lord, it is at at, and then they I argue. I am the king. <laughs> it is an at at. <laughs> so saith by royal decree. And they go through the details. Um, my daughter is the heir, and so their children will inherit the Iron Throne. And Corliss is like, "That's great." I can't believe he did this. But what would their name be? It is tradition of Westeros that she would take the kids would take the father's name, and so their name would be Valerian. And Viserys now finally bristles. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, the, the dragon has ruled for a hundred years. It'll rule for a hundred more. That's right. You <laughs> think my lineage will die with my daughter? No, 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 no. And so they decide 
on a COM promise to quote Stranger Things, halfway happy, halfway happy that the children will take the name Valerian, but upon their sitting upon the throne, they will then turn back into Targaryen. So there's still going to be a Targaryen as king. Uh, interesting. That happens with a lot of royalty. You, 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 when you earn a title, your name changes. Mm-hmm. To- it happened with me. It did. Yeah. What was your my last name? Common name used to be Stewardbrook. It was Stewardbrook. Stewardbrook. It was German, and now it's Rudd because I inherited the throne of debt from my father. <laughs> and we oh. cut to Rhaenyra and Lenor uh, walking the, the beach, getting acquainted. Uh, and this is a wonderful scene. I like where long walks on the beach. She basically says, "I know that you're gay." You know, they have this like veiled discussion about it's, appetite. It's just a matter of taste. Some people like duck, which by that I meant dick. And some people like goose, <laughs> a.k.a. vagine. What is good for the goose? And then he asked her if she might, might like some goose. And she's like too greasy for me, which got a huge chuckle. Like, did she just say that vaginas are greasy geese? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up here. I didn't say anything, Steve. It's the name of my new band, by so the they, way, Greasy Geese. Greasy Geese. So they basically come up with an arrangement where she, he's free to have uh, his his paramour and live out his uh, homosexuality un, un, untethered to her, mm-hmm. as long as she's free to do what she wants to do, implying that she also has a paramour, which he picks up on very quickly. They have different appetites, Chris, and now each of them will dine as they see fit. Yeah. I'll have duck. You have goose. Duck, duck, goose. Ooh, by the way, ruin the game of duck, duck, goose. We'll not be playing that ever again. Because I'm just going to hear dick, dick, vagina every time, <laughs> every time I play that game. You're being a real goose right now. <laughs> silly one. <laughs> you silly goose. Uh, we cut back to Rainis and Corliss. And that's when she talks about, you know, her brother. The, he went to bed early because he's sick, by the way. And it's like, it's so undignified that he came here. Like, I don't even think he went to bed early. He went to bed while they were getting their ship prepared to leave. So it's like. Oh, he's taking a nappy he's poo. He's taking a nap. He's like, <laughs> I need a little siesta, guys. I'll be Ooh, right back. Tuckers me out. Whew. Shipping over here. Talking about. Marrying our kids, going on about names, all that stuff. You can see that boat I came in on? Jesus Christ, you guys live here. (laughs) I'm not an island boy. Uh, And then she says, you know his true nature, talking like she knows her son is gay. And he said, he'll grow out of that. There's no finer pleasure on the planet than betting a woman. As he grabs his wife, as if to say, we should do that right now. And she says, nay, Mm -mm. tis midday. Uh, yeah, she she pulls out the whole like, uh, you know, this puts Lenor in danger. Yeah, it's because, dangerous because what if, you know, what Otto says comes to pass where the the realm rises up against her and does not accept. She says a, it's, a, female it's ruler. a factor that will happen. She's saying the same thing. That's what I said earlier. Otto's not wrong. Mm. She agrees 100 percent with Otto. And she obviously understands the plight of women. She supports Better than the, anyone. She supports the cause. But now she's cynical. She's been through it. They'll never accept it. Mm. And we're putting our children, our family in harm's way. And for what? We're already a powerful house we're already the richest house in the world um, Corliss says this is about justice mm, justice and i can't tell if he's referring to justice for uh rainy uh, not getting the crown or he's talking about just us baby girl well i don't think he's <laughs> that's nice. a bad joke you no i liked it? it you get it you get it i liked it <laughs> i think he's batman um justice i'm vengeance and then I, I think he's still upset about the queen that never was. And Rainey mm-hmm. says, I'm over that shit. Right. But yeah. just in general, do you think he I really think he's overly ambitious? Do you think he, yeah. Like, uh, do you think he really cares about the justice? Like you should have been queen or is it more? And I'm sure that's part of it, but do you also get the idea that he also is like, I want this power? Well, his 
asking Viserys what name they would take leads me to believe he has more ambition than he would care to let on simply for his own house. It has nothing to do with Rhaenys, but I also do think he genuinely loves and respects his wife. Agreed. Yeah, they definitely have the healthiest relationship in all of Westeros. Which isn't saying much, but it's, it's not, very healthy. But it's, yeah, you can tell they actually genuinely care like for each other. by a mile. Oh, by a, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we cut to uh, Lenor and his, his boyfriend, which we later find out his name is Sir Joffrey. Ew. Uh, just the name. Is it Joffrey? Um, Lonmouth. Lonmouth. The Knight of Kisses. And I want that, that title. They're rolling. Speaking of kisses, they're <laughs> you, rolling around and kissing and smooching. You, you can call me the, the the Lord of Kisses. Yeah, I know. You're the Lord of Kisses. I'm the Lord of Kisses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come come swear fealty to your Lord of Kisses. <laughs> That's how you get fealty. Uh, and basically, they're talking about how, hey, she gave us leave. You know, we can we can keep hanging out. She has a paramour. This is a great situation. They're all happy about it. Uh, and we cut back to Rhaenyra and Kristen. They're back on the boat. This, I think, is early morning. It's kind of Titanic vibes. She gets on the yeah. she gets on the prow. He holds her up. It's crazy. In fact, James Cameron's going to be Celine Dion when he sees this. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think that was legal, but. They let it happen. Uh, and then Kristen proposes to her. And this was wild to me that they put this in the show. He proposes that he forsake his vows completely, that she uh, give up her crown and her family. They flee to Essos and just live as nameless folk, just little paupers running around, banging and having a good time. Marrying for love. Marrying for love. Uh, and she said, you're crazy. I have a super Super high maintenance tendencies. I love expensive foods and cakes, lemon cakes, especially. Did you see the last episode where I ate all the lemons off those cakes? And my hair is so expensive to upkeep. I can't I can't live on a on a night's salary. Do you think Kristen Cole is what we call a stage five cleaner? Uh, indeed. He's cunt struck, <laughs> as we find out Ooh. later. Again, not my words. <laughs> not my words. This I love, is a quote I love from a good, the show. I love a good C word being dropped, <laughs> but there's something about construct that was like, ah, you said it now. Visceral. Now <laughs> you said it. I did. I, I'm part of the problem. You are. <laughs> you are indeed. But I mean, you feel bad for Kristen Cole in this moment because you see it in his eyes that he genuinely cares. And he's, he, he has a really good line where, you know, at one point he's like, you want me to be your whore? And he says like the only thing he had to his name, he sullied for her, like his goal, his, his white cloak. You know, he abandoned the one thing that, you know, means of uh, has any importance to his 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 title, his his life. And he kind of threw that in. He threw that to jeopardy in a way for her. And she loses nothing. You know, sure. she stands to really lose nothing out of this where he can lose everything. And for her to just kind of like hand wave that away, like, oh, he's it's selfish because he could be put to death and she would mm. just be chastised. Yeah. And, and you feel really bad for him. And um, but also you I don't you don't not now. I kind of at I'm, that moment I did. Yeah. In that moment, you definitely feel bad for him because like we've all been there where you like care for somebody and they just don't feel this. I know. Like last time when I was the Lord protector of a princess and we fell in love, but it went against my vows. Mm. Dude, that was a tough spot for me to be in. Yeah. I, I can't relate. Cause I'm the Lord of kisses. <laughs> That's right. No one can resist these lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the audio version of that is better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't watch the YouTube. It's harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, I am the crown when he asks it, you know, you can just leave this whole nonsense of the crown. She says, I am the crown, or at least I will be. I am the one who knocks. Uh, and then I did not expect this turn. She's like, Hey, but don't worry. We can keep banging. I'll keep you like a little secret snack on the side with a sword. My side piece. And he said, you want me to be your whore? 
which is very forward thinking for him to feel that way. I felt like, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you, you know what? You're better than that. You're not just a piece of meat, Kristen. That's right. You have value. Uh, you is loved. And he's like, I took an oath. And I thought if we get married, I could feel better about, which is bullshit. Yeah. He's being completely delusional and, uh, intellectually dishonest. Cause that doesn't make any sense. Like you're for, by forsaking your vows even harder, you might feel better about forsaking your vows to begin with. Um, I call bullshit on that. It's just the fact that he's, why are you so obsessed with me? That's what you should say. Yeah. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> we were just having a bit of fun. Jeez. Awkward. Um, then uh, we cut to uh, Viserys arriving home. He gets really tired out of the carriage, uh, limps a few paces and then collapses. And I love this scene because we get it from the viewpoint of Alison Hightower. She's watching from a balcony. We need leeches. And, yeah, we need leeches. Yeah, and you hear the guy shouting for the leeches immediately because that's going to help. Uh, but she kind of like, I don't know, it shudders or is shocked by him falling. And because uh, we're like, POV over the shoulder shot from her as we see it. Cause she's being abruptly faced with the reality of what her father just told her. Yeah. Like she just found out her friend lied to her and kind of, that's one thing Otto had said to her is he will die. It might take months. It might take years, but he will not see, you know, old age. Yeah. And Allison, you know, maybe felt like she had a lot more time, but seeing him fall like that really kind of brings that reality crashing down on her that no, this is happening right now. She has to start doing what her father says, at least in her mind. Yes, Absolutely. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We're so excited to be partnered up with BetterHelp for this show because we're huge advocates for mental health. And we've always wanted a way to work it into the show. And now it gives us an easy way. I actually work in the mental health field, so I'm thinking about this all the time. My mother suffered from bipolar disorder. My dad had undiagnosed issues. And so it's it's really something that's close to my heart. And I'm so happy to be able to help our listeners if we can in some way with that. In my own life, I'm filled with anxiety. Uh, I'll just get a little personal for a second. I think I've talked about it. But pretty recently, I checked myself into the ER for uh, heart issues that I thought I was having. Turns out it was a panic attack. It was just anxiety. So these are things that uh, I don't talk about a whole lot, but I, I suffer from. And I, you know, even being in the field, I find it very difficult to find somebody to help me with those things. A lot of the therapists that I find that I jibe with, I connect with, I find out they're not accepting new patients. So I'm like, get really frustrated. And then I don't know where to go from there. What BetterHelp does is it helps pair you with a therapist to help you with your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time. And it's directly online. So you can just easily and without any barriers whatsoever access the help that you need. So when you want a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash streaming things. Uh, and then we cut to the queen summoning Kristen Cole as he's going up the steps in the castle. She goes, so he goes to see her. She questions him uh, about Rhaenyra's virtue. And he immediately thinks that she's talking about him because he's guilty. He feels guilty. Uh, and then and this is one of those just beautiful, awesome scenes where she's just afraid to quite go out and say it, that it's Damon she's talking about. And she almost gets there. Your grace. So don't, your grace. Your grace. Must I say it? It's, your grace, I'm talking about this. The old this. Have you ever seen it, it's the old in out in out yeah. coupling? <laughs> I said it, and she can't quite say it, and so he just blurts it out. It was me. I did it. I did it, and I will take the ring. And and it's just, it's like, no, you idiot, mm-hmm. dummy, snitch boy, uh, and the realization 
the Emily Carey played this so well because of the pain on her face to realize that her friend lied by omission to her, the person she trusted more than anyone else in the world. Uh, the fact that her whole family was turned out of the, the crown lands and, you know, their honor and defense of her friend. And now she feels like that was misplaced and the just pure pain and rage as all of that washes over her. Mm -hmm. uh, and none of that anger is pointed toward Kristen at all. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's, and he, he makes that clear off the bat. Like she instigated it. True. She came at me like a hussy, if I'm being quite honest, but there's no excuse. I mean, I am also her, her inferior, like she orders me to do things. And so really it's, it's quite gross. The power dynamics. Yes. Quite gross. Indeed. <laughs> I found it interesting that he was like, you know, I, it is my fault. I'll, you know, uh, take whatever punishment you have, but please, if you're merciful, don't geld me or torture me. Just, just kill me quick. Like, just kill me quick. Yeah, that, please. that was cool. That was like gelding mean cut his balls off. Yeah. Cause that's what they are want to do at time. That's what, uh, we were just talking about in the last episode. Jaharis did that. Yeah, Jaharis did that. To one too. of those strongs. Yeah, there was a strong knight who uh, was a king's guard, and he secretly had three wives and like sixteen kids or something like that. Yeah. And when Jaharis found out, yeah, they gelded him and sent him to the wall. Yep. Hopefully, yeah. His whole body. His whole body. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd the king just send us a dick? <laughs> this is weird. We're we ain't getting dick up here anymore. Oh, get ready, wildlings, because now we got a penis. <laughs> I could just see. Never mind. We, <laughs> we cut to Viserys and uh, the Grand Maester Melos. He's in his like hot tub, uh, and he's sitting there. You're about to get leeched. And he's like, where's the queen? Because last time she sponge bathed him and gave him a hand job. And, and it's like, that was way cooler than what you're doing, Grandmaster. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to get a sponge bath. I prefer it not to be from you, Melos. No offense. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's a cool conversation that he has with Lionel Strong. And this is where I talk about, uh, I talked about it earlier with, he's always given him sage, honest advice. And I'd never expected to like Lionel Strong so much when I started the show. Uh, but I do. I mean, he seems to be, a, a good chap. He's the most level-headed person. But, you know, show. Viserys is a little bit out of sorts, a little bit uh, feverish, you know, and he's like, I've never been tested. This is boring. Nobody's going to write songs about me in 100 or 500 years. It's been boring. I've never suffered a defeat or had a, a great victory. And Lionel's like, well, some would say that that's lucky, Your Grace. It, it's better to have peace than to have songs sung about you. Mm. And Viserys is like, you know, a lesser lord might have said, had you been tested, you would have risen like Aegon himself. And and Lionel starts to say, well, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. And he's like, no, I like it, bro. That's cool. Knuckles. Uh, that's, that's always <laughs> knuckles. That's always how he's been. <laughs> Praise for Sir Lionel. Yeah. Lionel's one of those guys. Cause in the books, you know, he looks like this brutish office per uh, office guy. And a lot of people like would assume he's just this barbarian type person, but he's actually incredibly smart because he didn't, he, he, uh, wasn't he taught at the old town Mace, the Citadel? Like, didn't he, he's like very educated for Westeros. He's I believe like, he's one of the smartest people in Westeros. I believe you're correct. But he, but he's in, in the books, at least he has this yeah, the know, strong visage of the strong look dude. strong. I mean, he's a little pudgy in the show, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's, so he's like one of the smartest dudes in Westeros. Yep. And that's one thing that the show is really, really nailing, but he seems like a good guy too. He's a good guy. Who has the realm, the realm's benefit, you know, in his yeah. vision at all times. Yeah. And then we cut to two dragons and a, a, a sea of ships, which I believe are sea smoke ridden by Lenor mm -hmm. and Maylis. Maylis. 
ridden by Rhaenys. We don't know yeah. this for sure, but that is almost guaranteed to be those two dragons. Yeah, that's Amelius is the red one. And then the fleet of uh, Valarian ships beneath uh, arriving for the wedding. And nothing ever goes wrong at a Westerosi wedding. No. So this should be a wonderful affair. They're wonderful affairs. It's just kind of like pro wrestling. Weddings always go off without a hitch in these worlds. Yeah. So we, it opens with the welcoming feast after we get that wonderful establishing shot with the dragons and the ships. And Lord Jason Lannister. Uh, Lannister is greeting the king and Rhaenyra at the long table. And he has some really lame misogynistic jokes. Uh, and it's very icy and cold because he wanted to be her, you know, betrothed. And so he's like, oh, congratulations, I guess. And she's like, oh, he's he's not even like addressing her the whole time. He's just talking to right. Viserys, even though she's seated at the center of the table. And it's her feast. And yeah, he, he's such a dick. Uh, he, he's like, where's the queen? I very much would like to speak. Where is Gandalf? Where's Addison? I would very much like to speak with her. And he says, oh, she's still getting ready. And he's like, that's why. Queen women can't go to war because they never get ready on time for the war. <laughs> and he like looks around expecting this like raucous laughter and no one says anything. And it's just super awkward and awesome. And I love that. Uh, Rainier is like, I can think of, no, or, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to see you. Like just basically right. that's what she says. And it's like, so meaning it ooh. isn't. Yeah. Like, yo, I, I, I love the shade she's throwing towards that guy. And it's like, you know, it's a Lannister throw all the shade you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck that whole family. And then Sir Gerald walks up, Sir Gerald Royce, cousin to the the late Lady Rhea. They express their condolences for his loss. It looks like he's about to say something else. I can imagine uh, very diplomatically accusing Damon of her murder when drums start to sound and pound and everybody just starts backing up. And apparently Corliss and, and Rainey's Filarion get to enter to hardcore drums and everybody has to stop what they're doing because they're badass like that. And the entire Valerian household enters uh, to uh, with awesome interest music. It's like a, a like a WWE event. There's pyro. There was a light show. Very cool. It's so cool. I did notice that Sir Geralt cut in front of uh, Hobart Hightower to get that place in line. He did because he very much wanted to talk about. Damon, mm-hmm. I think, was my read on that scene. I just thought it was interesting that he's like, no, uh, me, yeah. not you. Fuck you. Don't know who you are. I am a Royce. Yeah, your name is Hobart. Nobody likes you. No one likes you, Hobart. Super lame, sir. The only worst <laughs> name I've seen around here is Jason, just because that's weird. There was a Kevin Lannister, but that's not for 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they all arrive. Everybody's partying and having a good time. And then Damon arrives. Oh, this guy. And everybody is whispering in shock to see him. I believe oh he's- God, He's been banned from the the crown and Viserys and his, his just weak ass shit. He just never can stand up to his brother. You made the joke while we were watching it. Like I meant to invite him. (laughs) Like I did. He's here on my account. I invited him. That's the only way he can save face is to act like he expected him to come because he's not going to stand up to him and ask him to leave in front of everybody else. Cause Damon's probably going to make him look like a dumbass on his way out. He can't risk that. And Damon knows this. Like when he walks up to the table, he's got, doesn't even say anything, doesn't say anything, but he has the funniest shit eating grin on his face. Laughs. (laughs) You asshole. I'm here. You don't want me here and you can't do anything about it. Cause this is what this guy loves to do. He's a little shit stir. He's the opposite of me because he likes to stir that. I can't stand to be anywhere. I'm not wanted or I would never go to a party. I'm not invited to, Mm -hmm. even if it's implied I'm invited. If I wasn't directly invited, there's no way in hell I'm going right. Not out of pettiness. I just can't stand the thought of being somewhere. I'm not wanted. So you're a person. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Damon, on the other hand, only goes to parties. He was not invited to. That's where he has the most fun. Mm -hmm. He loves it. 
And oh my gosh, that I, I did laugh so hard when he has that little like, <laughs> that was such a good like, scene. What a little, what a little shit stir. I love him. And then we cut to, um, you know, everybody starts having a good time. Viserys starts to give his coronation, not coronation, but you know, the, the welcoming speech, his big speech about the wedding. It's going very well. And he's practiced it for hours in the mirror next to his Legos. And yet Allison shows up quite late, interrupts his speech and wearing green, a beautiful green dress, green. And that everybody is shocked, outraged. Uh, and we, you know, we won't go too much into the book details. Just know that that dress is very significant. Uh, Harwin strong and his brother, Laris talk about why it's significant. They whisper, Oh my, do you know the colors of house Hightower when they light their beacons and the beacons are green when they go to war specifically. So the dress seems to signify, uh, that Hightower is willing to go to war. And if you notice when she walks in, the high towers are the first one to be like, oh, yeah, my lady. They like stand up like, yeah, yes, Allison, our girl. And it's very significant, even if you don't know that, just because Targaryen house colors and it's a wedding celebrating Targaryens are black and red. She's always before this worn Targaryen colors. Mm -hmm. She's the Targaryen king's wife, but she's wearing her own house's colors now. It is an obstinate, defiant uh, symbol when she walks in in that dress and everyone knows it, including the King, but he's not going to say anything about it. Cause he's bitch made. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's bitch. Made. He, he finishes a truncated version of his speech and sits, sits down sheepishly. And then we cut to uh, a, a dance, you know, the, the first dance between Lenor and Rhaenyra to kick it off. And then everybody starts dancing with them. And there's a lot of cuts throughout the rest of this. I don't have much written because not a lot happens, but a ton happens, but basically you know, it's a, it's a giant, um, you know, quick cut, not montage, but a lot of things are swirling and whirling at the same time. Uh, but there's so much tension because you've got Kristen Cole eyeing Rhaenyra. You've got Damon eyeing both of them. You've got, uh, Joffrey, the Knight of Kisses eyeing, uh, Sir Kristen and Lenor. And it, there's just a ton of shit going you got on. Viserys eyeing them as well. Everybody, yeah. But he Everyone's- starts kind of eating like, Oh, everything's good. Cause I'm dumb as hell. Nom, 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 nom. I love this lobster. I found some of this at the drift mark, which I don't like going there on a boat, but this is good. I threw it up <laughs> he just goes up to his maester like i froze up <laughs> he's that little kid that just vomits randomly i threw up no it's i froze up i froze up i froze up. Fro- up yeah he announces seven days of tournament and feasting in a royal wedding will cap it off i thought we were gonna get to see another tourney in this episode i was very excited oh very excited very excited we not um, we not see that yeah we'll see at the end of the episode that maybe that plan does not go off without a hitch no 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 uh, yeah, there's so much that going on that's going on here. At one point, Hobart walks up to Allison, or I'm sorry, Allison walks up to Hobart. Excuse me. Yes, and he tells her like, "My lady, Old Town stands with you." Oink. Right. Uh, you know, to show that they are loyal to her and her son Aegon. Nice green dress. Is what he's saying. Yeah, he's like, it looks dope. It reminds me of war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Joffrey goes up. No, no, no. But first, we get. Sir Gerald, Sir mm. Gerald Royce, he goes up to Damon and he's like, I, I hate you. And Damon's like, <laughs> Damon's like, I hate you. Who are you? Yeah. Which is awesome. I don't even know who you are. And he tells him and, and the worst movie could have pulled. He tells him who he is. 
Uh, and then we find out that, you know, they talk about runestone and, and Damon's rubs it in his face, like essentially telling her you can't do shit about whether I did or did not kill Lady Rhea. Mm-hmm. And Lady Rhea was stood to inherit runestone, which as her husband with no heirs is now mine. And I'm going to petition Lady Jane for that immediately. And mm-hmm. Sir Gerald bitches out. He backs up. Like, well, yeah, oh, that's going to suck. There is a veiled threat that he says, like, well, here in King's a Land. veiled Well, it's not a veiled threat. threat. Yeah. No, because he's from the, the veil. veil. Sorry. Steve. Yeah, you, I, I hear, hear uh, it. Hold on, hold on. What? There we go. And the other one. That one, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go on. <laughs> no, but Damon says something along the lines of, like, well, we're in King's Landing now, and, and here men answer f- for their slanders, including bronze cunts like you. Pretty much saying, like, you can if you talk shit to me, I'll I'll kill you. Lot of c words dropped in mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Lot of c words. Not a fan. Steve. Speaking of c words, Cole is uh, <laughs> standing yeah. there. He's watching. Uh, this Rhaenyra is where we find out he's construct. Lainor, um dancing, and and Joffrey kind of sees him. See like sees him um, saying loping. Joffrey in this universe. It just gives me so much PTSD. I know it really does. But he's this time. It's the night of kisses. Night of Kisses. Yep. Uh, but he kind of puts it together. Oh, that's her paramour. That's the guy that she's in love with. And like, we should, we should, you know, talk to him. Basically, Every Joffrey has a good wedding night in this universe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be one of my Easter eggs. <laughs> or uh, dragon eggs. I didn't say it. You didn't say it. Nope. Uh, yes. And then that's when he, you know, spills the beans, as you said, to, to Lenor. Uh, and we cut to Rhaenyra and Damon. So Damon approaches, and this is chaos. This is where pure chaos erupts. Oh, actually, uh, sorry. Doesn't he approach Lena at one point? He does. So he approaches what, Lena. They I was, dance. I was researching something when that happened. What were they talking about? I kind of missed. They that. were kind of flirting, going back and forth. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have the exact dialogue, but there was definitely a flirtatious vibe. Uh, you know, Lena is being pretty coy with him. And he likes that kind of shit, as you know, mm-hmm. and then he kind of swirls around, meets some more people, cuts off Harwin, which is very significant. Sir Harwin is going to dance with Rhaenyra. Uh, Harwin strong break bones is his nickname. And then he acquiesces to the prince's desire for him to fuck right off. And he starts to, you think dance with Rhaenyra, but he pulls her deeper into the party. Viserys, or, sorry, that's my old pronunciation. When I was just reading Viserys is watching and getting very upset. He leads her farther and farther away. They talk in high Valyrian, Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, look, if you want this, you want all this, you got to come get it. Kill everybody in here. Take me to Dragonstone and marry me then. And did you get a vibe that she's kind of like, do it a little bit? Yeah. I wish you would kill everybody and take me yeah. to Dragonstone. Just fucking do it, buddy. Do it. Don't be, don't be a sissy. And he starts like to grab her face pretty aggressively. Like, yes. Almost a choke hold. Not quite a choke, but it's mm. like, it's close. In like it's a rough there. sex way, yeah. not like a danger way, but also a danger. A Damon way. Yeah. A Damon way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then like you can't quite see because it's from Viserys' POV uh, that he's about to kiss her. And there's like the tension. It just rises to its zenith. And then women start to scream and everybody ah! convalesces and you can't see anything. And you don't know what's going on. You see uh, Lainor get thrown by Kristen Cole into a table. He's all bloody. And, and Lainor's just punching the shit out of the night of kisses. And yeah, he's like, you're the night of fist is now. That was well, a terrible joke. That, yes. uh, <laughs> well, early we saw Joffrey Lonmouth go up to Cole and say like, hey, I know who you are. I am his paramour. Um, we need to create a secret pact with one another to keep both of yeah, them safe. We can all keep fucking. 
keep them safe. If you know, if they're, if they're secret safe, we're safe, and we mm-hmm. can keep this, uh, you know, this whole sex Kristen's party like, going. Con found it all. I've already spilled thy beans. Do you not see the green dress? <laughs> Clearly, it is green as day. I would love to keep this charade going. Perhaps swap. I might like a little bit of duck from now and then. I don't know yet. I've never tried it. I've only ever had Gracie Goose, and I love that. Uh, I don't like <laughs> that. That did not feel good inside. But he's like, but dang it, I've ruined it already. And so he beats the shit. He crushes his face in with his gauntleted fists, which is gross. So we were talking about this a little bit off air, but what do you think the motivations behind that for Kristen Cole was? I don't think it was like he needs to be silenced. I think it was his guilt and shame and remorse, but also anger at not being able to marry Rhaenyra because he really, truly more than being upset with himself for breaking his vows, he's, uh, He's being a child about being rebuffed by her mm-hmm. and, you know, not running off with him. And so he's using uh, Joffrey as the object of his ire and all of his rage and frustration for his lot in life at this moment. His hatred for himself, his anger at Rhaenyra for spurning him, all of that stuff is coalescing. And in that moment, he just explodes without any control Stand. or thought to what the consequences would be on that poor man mm-hmm. and just beats his face in. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a tragic awesome moment uh, that I did not expect at all. Uh, one interesting little detail during this is Harwin is the one that enters the fray and saves Rhaenyra. Yeah. I think who not, was it Viserys or no, somebody, it was, it was Lionel. Yeah. Lionel looks at, cause Harwin, if you don't know, his name is Breakbones. He may not look it in the show, but his character is supposed to be ridiculously uh, strong. LOL. Gods. He was strong, but, <laughs> but also, uh, you know, very much. He has a lot of prowess on the battlefield. Um, that's what he's known for. And so you send him in and it's like, he's going to sh- get shit done. So he immediately like knocks eight people out, finds the princess who everybody was worried. Like, where is she? And she was in danger crawling around on the floor, getting trampled, uh, picks her up and takes her away. I never saw Damon again after this though. Did you? No, he disappeared. You would expect he'd be in the thick of it, but he did disappear. Uh, I think he, I don't know if I would expect him to be in the thick of it. I do expect him to just kind of ninja smoke and get away. Like, cause I feel like maybe it was one of those, <laughs> one of those instances where like the power imbalance is happening again with him and Rhaenyra. And he took that moment to kind of like spare himself some embarrassment or even sure. make things worse for himself. That's fair. He's also like, he's a tricky dude. He's a tricky boy. Uh, so uh, yeah, yep. he, he ditched it. He You're ditched right. That she scene. was being he a little drives. too strong willed for him. Uh, you've, you've limpened me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you limpened me. Uh, yes, it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> so yeah, Sir Kristen killed the Knight of Kisses, which is very rude. But but as Lord of Kisses, that made me sad. Yeah, you're, that's your that was your heir. That was that was my heir. You, you knighted him with kisses. Yeah, you kiss. So how's the Lord of Kisses knight is knights a knight of kisses mm-hmm. by kissing each shoulder and then the forehead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a trifecta. Sp- yeah. <laughs> that's, went very quickly. That's a triarchy of kisses. Mm-hmm. 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 And we cut to a wedding seven days later. Uh, and then the blood of Joffrey is still on the ground in this, in this area where they're getting married, being yeah. fed upon by rats. That's, that seems foreboding. Mm-hmm. That seems like a, a, something of ill portent. Uh, and it's a bad potential grace. And speaking of bad portents, uh, the King passing out in the middle of the, the vows, mm-hmm. probably not a good sign. The the groom weeping during his vows, eh, also happens. not a good sign. That happens. I felt so bad for Lenor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sad boy. 
Yeah, like with the moment he sees uh, Joffrey even like beaten to death, he like has this like oh, this cry, blood curdling scream. Uh, and then yeah, the whole wedding scene, he's like, "I promise you to protect you for the love of my life." Yeah, yeah. Not, and I feel so, like I mean, oh, it's dude, been seven days since the love we, of his life. Do we have to do that tonight? Yeah, we. I was, yes, told, we do. I was told seven days attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think it was later that night they rushed the wedding? Oh yeah, I think that's a hundred percent what was going because Lanner still he still got a bloody nose from when oh, he got you're pop, right. popped, and yeah, they wouldn't just like, <laughs> hey, uh, that guy's blood still on the ground. Should we clean that up? Nah, it's been I, three days. Who cares? That's why I thought it was weird. It was seven <laughs> days later. It wouldn't even dry. No, I think it, they. You're I think right. they did a rush job because that feast ended so poorly. They poorly, came, I would say. Yeah, it ended so poorly that really, it's like, well, how do we have a tournament now? Like everyone's going to be talking about this. Like if shit. I had a top ten feast endings, that would probably be ten. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> yeah. That's how poorly that went. Right. Well, I'd, yeah, it'd be ten. No, it'd be nine. And you know how King you count the red is. wedding is. It's a just feast. a bunch of gossipy bitches, you know that always turn things around. I mean, we remember what Tyrion had to go through when he was handless. People like just, they just talk, they talk filled with hot goss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut to Sir Kristen in the Godswood about to pull some Harakiri. Commit S- seppuku, commit, commit, commit seppuku. Uh, he's going to, he's going to disembowel himself and di- cause he's been dishonored. Uh, and Alicent stops him. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. I love this show. I, have I said that? Uh, you may have mentioned it once or twice. Because it's got it's, it's got this interesting dynamic that I can't express or latch onto that because I know it's, nothing else is like this because nothing else has been adapted from a property that never had all the answers to begin with the way that Fire and Blood is. I've said it so many times. I've beaten the dead horse to death. Like we don't know how a lot that of this stuff. The horse is so dead it fell on Rhea. Woo, did it. We, we don't know how a lot of this stuff happened. So this has never before been an experience that I've had. I've seen properties that I loved adapted and I've seen movies that were adapted from nothing or adapted from things I didn't read. So I didn't know what was going to happen. But like, I know the broader strokes of what's going to happen, but I don't know a lot of what's going on in between. And the way that they're filling in the blanks in this show is better than I could have imagined. And so I knew that Sir Kristen Cole would become to have an affinity for Alicent over Rhaenyra. But I didn't know, like the fact that because she comes to she saves his fucking life. Like he will now be his, all of his obsession for Rhaenyra that has turned to rage is going to filter now and complete and utter an, an undying loyalty for Alicent. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense to me now after this scene. Like I believe it in my heart of hearts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's incredible that they pulled that off because mm-hmm. they could have been so ham fisted and clumsy like I'm, I'm with Allison now, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, did you see how she rocked that green dress? Woo boy. Woo girl. How could I support anyone else? Yeah. And she did though. She did. She did rock the fire ass dress. And also it's a cool power dynamic. Cause you, you wonder like after that show of aggression where he pummels a, a knight's face in at the Royal wedding, how does this Kingsguard not face any sort of consequences for that? Yeah. Oh, it's because now he has this sort of pact with the he queen will be forever indebted to Allison. Yeah. Right. And so great ending to this episode. Of course, the real ending is the rats and the, and the King falling, but, but it, just trust me, if you have not read the book, the next five episodes are going to be fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to our dragon egg segment. I don't think we have much as far as like lore or tidbits or Easter eggs that we found. Steve, what do you got, buddy? 
Uh, do you just want me to run through all the ones I have? Yeah, run through them. Okay. Well, run me through like a, like, a, like a pirate. Well, the first one I had, we kind of talked about it. Weddings in Westeros are never a good thing. See the red one. See the, the pur- is it the purple one? Is yes. Purple wedding. Uh, just weddings. It's not really a good time in Westeros. There's a lot of bad things happen. Uh, especially if you're a, if you're a person named Joffrey who attends a wedding, um, see the purple wedding to see how that one went out for a certain Joffrey in that wedding. Mm-mm-mm. Not good. Uh, not good. Uh, Lady Jane, Damon mentions her. Uh, she is the uh, ruler of the Vale. She's an Aaron. She is related to Emma, who is Rhaenyra's mother, because Rhaenyra's mother is part uh, uh, Aaron. And um, so it's interesting that um, uh, that he's going to go petition to her, and we'll see. We'll see how that. I hope we get to see Lady Jane because I feel like we, she. We're one hundred percent well. Okay, because she's pretty pretty big deal. That was one of my Easter eggs as well. Lady Jane Aaron is known as the Maiden of the Vale. And she's ruled over the veil for multiple generations of kings. Uh, I think all the way back to at least Jaehaerys, uh, but through Viserys the first and beyond. I won't say who because that spoiled the end of the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's known as the Maiden of the Veil. She's most likely a lesbian. Uh, she has a a bunch of really close friends, but never a husband. Uh, Mushroom, who is the men- I mean, not, menstrual. Minstrel, jester, jester, yeah, of the court. That's very uh, salacious. All his rumors. He Metrous. says he always says that she runs through dozens and dozens of men a year. Uh, but the Septon Eustace, his writings talk about her being interested in women or heavily implied. She, she so. likes to dine upon goose. But there are multiple people. Her story is fascinating because she's been. She's a woman who rules one of the most powerful houses in the land, which is uncommon in this time. And many people have tried to. Uh, ruin her claim to the veil and take her like her brother her cousins have always tried and they she ends up putting them in sky cells and making them regret that so she's 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 a she's a uh she, she just, don't play games she had a dna test recently and she's 100 percent that bitch that's turns out turns out that's what i'm saying yeah but go on what else steve uh and the last thing um that reminded me of so when when the fight breaks out in the wedding you get the shot of Rhaenyra falling on the ground and you see like kind of the people pushing up against her and the way the camera shot, you get to see like chairs in the foreground. You really kind of feel this confined, constricting space. Like, oh, is she going to be crushed? Uh, it remind me, right, uh, reminded me a lot about uh, when a similar thing happened to Jon Snow during the Battle of the Bastards when all the bodies were piling up on him. There was like this very claustrophobic it shooting looks style. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of dead, replace some of the dead bodies with living bodies and chairs. But just the way it was I, shot. I always do. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Uh, just the way it was shot really kind of elicited that uh, memory for me. So, yeah, there you go. Awesome. I only have one left. It's that the title of the episode, We Light the Way, is the house words of uh, House Hightower, uh, which is a little bit of foreshadowing for what is to come, but also what happens in this episode. So nice. Very nice. Nice. I can't say any other dragon eggs without potentially spoiling things from the books. So let's move into our Valyrian steels, our top three favorite scenes or moments from this episode. Steve, kick us off with number three. Uh, my number three is just all the scenes with Rainey's, uh, cause I love her. She's such a breath of fresh air. I just want to see more of her. And I, I, I loved, just how, I mean, you can see how in another world, Rhaenys would be just a wonderful queen. Like she would fucking rule that shit because she, she has Corliss, you know, they have their loving relationship. He's a strong dude, but also she's, she kind of can control him and, you know, well, I mean, it controls not the wrong word, like, but he respects her. And he, yes. if she, if she was like, Hey, do this, he'd be like, Hey, my wife said to do this. We're going to do this guys. Yes. And she has this mind 
for the game, right? Because she, you know, Corliss is kind of blinded by this ambitious uh, opportunity for his family. Right. But she's the one that really kind of sees, no, 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 this is dangerous. This, we have to be on our toes. Cause at any moment, you know, the, 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 the people will rise up against her and that puts our son in danger and by proxy us in danger, you know, this is very serious. Um, and just the way she kind of plays Viserys as well, where she's late to the, sh- the party, but she's like my favorite cousin. Oh, how are you? You know, she is awesome. And I want to see more of her and her sweet ass dragon Maylis. Absolutely. What's your number one? My number, my number three is the moment with Rhaenyra and Kristen on the ship uh, where they went all Titanic. I thought that was a a phenomenal performance from, from Fabian Frankel uh, as Sir Kristen. And I love that moment where he, he, you know, professes this idea, uh, this love for her and this idea to go to Essos and live happily as, as, you know, peasants or unknowns. And she smiles so much. Like it's her face lights up at the idea. And like, she's so tickled by the the fact that he feels strongly for her. And then the truth and reality of her, her situation dawns on her and her, her face becomes crestfallen and serious. Um, just that, that whole scene it was so unexpected and so wonderful. So well acted. That's my number three. It's a good choice. Uh, my number two is the scene where Otto says goodbye. Uh, I just, I love Risa Fons. I love Emily Carey. And I just, there, I, uh, Otto is one of those characters that you love to hate him. He's almost like a Cersei Lannister in that, in that regard, but he's nowhere near as bad at least yet to, to Cersei, but you kind of love to hate him because this whole time he's just gaslighting his daughter. He's not wrong again about the danger that they're in, but his, the reasons they're in their positions is in no small part because of oh, him directly. He, he has a lot of blame. They, and she would be safely just a friend of the heir to the throne. If it 100%. wasn't for him. Yeah. Yeah. He put his daughter in this position in the way that he's kind of like blaming her. Like this is your fault. And then he brings her in for that hug at the end there. It, this character is so interesting because he's malicious. He's manipulative. He, Last episode, when he got dismissed as hand, you kind of feel bad for him a little bit because you're like, oh, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm against Otto, but that's kind of a Risa Fonz is so good at like, oh, your grace, I'm just a poor old man. Please take pity on me. And then he turns around and he's like, Alison, you suck. <laughs> you know, right. Like, I just love the, the character dynamic. It's 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 sad, but it's interesting to watch. Right. It's yeah. for good drama and good TV. Uh, what's your number two, Chris? My number two, I think this might be the first time in history that we have three completely different moments, not even in a different order. Ooh. So far, we're, f- yeah, four of the six moments have never, never the twain shall meet. Uh, but my number two is the, the the scene between Damon and Sir Gerald Royce, uh, where he approaches him at the wedding <sighs> table. Just the, the cocksure awesomeness of Damon's character. And who are you? Uh, you know, and he calls him the bronze cunt, all that stuff. Right? I just... I can't help but be taken in by it. I love it. I thought the whole dynamic was just so well played. Matt Smith is crushing it as always. Uh, that's my number two. What's your number one, Steve? Uh, my number one is uh, the sad wedding. Um, just the whole, the whole like intercut between them actually having their wedding vows at the very end, but then cutting back to uh, like the seppuku. Yeah, yeah. Just because that sets up. So much going forward, especially like between the relationship between Cole and Alicent, but also just like it was so heartbreaking to see poor Leonard just like uh, Lenor crying and like 
you know, dusting the, like taking the blood off his nose that he's, these fresh wounds he has his, his, his love. I assume they were in love, uh, is just died brutally in front of him and they haven't even swept the blood off the ground. And, yeah. and um, uh, Rhaenyra is, Rhaenyra is looking at him with just such empathy. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. This sucks. Right. Cause, Cause they like each other. They're cousins. They grew up, they're friends. And so she cares about him in that way. And then Viserys just collapses. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. And that, that's, that is really changing things for the show. And the show's always changing. It's moving at such a clip, such a clip. Uh, but I just, just, I don't know the, 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 the visual of just the most saddest, like, um, uh, yeah, this is a wedding, but it's, it's the worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No one is happy in that situation. It's a Westerosi wedding, baby. That's how they yep. celebrate. Yep. Uh, my number one is Allison's entrance to the, the wedding welcome ceremony where she's God wearing damn. the dress. So three different moments each. Uh, I should have put that on my, I just, list. that was such a fucking jaw dropping moment and the, yeah. the symbolism of the dress itself, but everybody's reaction and Emily Carey just, I mean, cause to me, this was kind of her goodbye to the show, uh, you know, as her portrayal of the character. And so that it was just a fucking, what a way to go out. Like her, I mean, she leaves right at the, the, the apex of the character turn essentially. And I just thought it was fucking phenomenally well done. And such a, it's a, such a, you know, it's a show that has such, I mean, it's got drag. Think about this. It's got dragons. What? Laying waste to, to, to castles and fields of people. It's got, you know, crab feeder corsairs from the triarchy. And you know what I mean? Like there's so much bombast inherent in this show. Mm -hmm. And yet one of the most climactic draw dropping moments yeah. is a young woman walking into a room in a green dress. Yeah. Uh, and that's like just the apex of everything that I love about game of Thrones and house of the dragon. Dude, you're hundred percent right. I kind of wish I put that as my number one, because that was such a powerful moment. Like even when we were watching it, in my living room and she comes out in that green dress. I think both of us were like, Oh, <gasps> <laughs> no, God. she didn't. So yeah. Scandal. But I'm glad you didn't because we got to talk about six different moments. Yeah. Three times, three times two. And with Andy not being here, we, we I wonder need to what Andy would have picked. Yeah. I wonder what he would have picked. Maybe next time he, when he, when he Andy right into streaming things, pod it. Right. We have no other means of communicating him. <laughs> I'm begging you to listen to the show, Andy. Uh, now it's time for our Mummer's Dragon segment, where we talk about our favorite performance of the episode. This is going to be tough. Who are you going with, Steve? Uh, honestly, I, I, to me, it wasn't tough. Okay. I knew right away who I was going to pick. I'm picking Emily Carey. Emily Carey. Me as yeah. well. Uh, I think Fabian Frankel had, you could, there was an argument. Yes. Because there's agreed. been more to do for him than he's ever had. And I think that he, he did a lot with it. hundred uh, percent. But yes, Emily Carey with a bullet, as Andy would say. With a bullet. I don't, like, know, what, I don't know what that means. But you, you touched on it briefly, but this really is like her goodbye to the character. And she, she has been one of those actors actors on the show that she's whenever we're trying to come up with our performance of, of the episode, she's always in the short list. She's always either yeah. number two or three, at least for me. Um, and I don't know if I've given it to her yet so far. I don't think so. And, but I, but this episode, I think we give it to Patty Considine twice. Yeah. Matt Smith got you one for me. You, Matt Smith got one. You might've given it to Reese Ifans. Maybe the, uh, I gave it to Millie Alcock last episode. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, she, so like, and it's not just because I'm giving it to her because like, oh, this is the last opportunity I have to give it to her. But really like, <laughs> she's she, like the Oscar 
uh, you know what I mean? The ceremonial Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> the lifetime achievement award yeah. for streaming things. Best performance. <laughs> goes to. You're welcome, Emily. <laughs> no, like she legit was so good in this episode because she's, you know, that, you know, I talked about the scene with her father where it's her, it's like being this still somewhat innocent child arguing with her father who's manipulated this whole time. And you can see the wheels turning her head like, Oh no, I gotta, I gotta grow the fuck up real fast. Cause life is happening. And then that, yeah. and growing up isn't even the right term. It's just like, she has to be hip to the danger she's in and the game of thrones, this if game. you will. And, you know, we just talked about that scene of her when the dress is literally one of the most impactful scenes in this show so far. And it's just her walking out with a dress on. Yeah. And then, her interaction, her scene with uh, Kristen Cole, where she like doesn't quite know how to br- approach the the subject of like, oh, Rhaenyra, is she doing some shit? Um, and and she she's just so wonderful, and I am kind of bummed that we're not going to see her or Millie, um, for the rest of the the it is a the bummer, series. But I, I, I again, I'm I'm full faith in Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy. I just it's its yeah. own bittersweet, sad goodbye. Uh, but that was a phenomenal episode of television. I'm so excited for next week. And luckily I feel like Sunday to last Sunday, this Sunday took like two and a half days is what it feels like because of all the other stuff that we do for the show and <laughs> the TikTok and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, and of course my actual job and my children, and all that stuff. So it feels like it'll be Sunday by like Wednesday. It'll be here um, in any second, but look forward to our mailbag. Uh, a lot of which will be irrelevant uh, <laughs> now that we've watched this episode, but we do talk about the rings of power as well. That drops Wednesday. Uh, and then of course our rings of power come coverage will drop Saturday. Yes. Just in time for us to watch house of the dragon episode six again. Yeah, baby, baby. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter at StreamThingPod. Email StreamingThingsPod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon to get a variety of benefits and tiers, depending on which one you subscribe to, including access to the Discord, bonus episodes. Oh, uh, man, the Discord is popping off. We're doing watch parties now. Watch parties. Hell, we we just watched Clueless. Ooh. Ooh mind meld. Nux. Boom. <laughs> We've been hanging out all day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're synced up with the night of kisses over here. Uh, that's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. My name is the Lord of Kisses. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. <laughs> I knew you were going to do some kisses at the end. <laughs>
<laughs> well, let, let our new chocolate pudding producers, we have Alex Fisher, Brittany Deck, and Versico. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm surely not. Probably not, man. Jen yeah, L, Jess R, Mandy Spears, Shannon Myers, and Zach Suthers. Thank you all so much. Thank you, friends. Thanks, Bruchachos. And our final new patron in the Friends Don't Lie tier, we have Colin P. Frost. Thank you, Colleen. Another P, man. Thank you so much. The up now we go into the upgrades. That's the road less traveled, man. These are the people that gave us money before, and we thought, hey, what about more money for these guys? Because mm, they're just so giving and full of mirth, 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 all of it. Uh, these people upgraded to the try before you deny tier. Try before you deny, man. Andrew Gray, Jen Robinson, Casey McCain, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki, and Will Nash. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. And then these people upgraded to the Marty B VIP section. Thank you, A. Wells, Adam Horn, Adam Raymond, R.K. Shenanigans, Barb, Caleb Jeter, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. I love saying your name fully, <laughs> Carmelita, because it's so cool. Uh, Chloe Richardson, Cindy Miller-Ray, Elizabeth Hull. Elizabeth Hubbard, Enza, Jimmy Gad, John Madden, like the John Madden. Isn't he dead? Uh, yes. Well, they we thought, dead. but we he's thought. on the cover of Madden 23. And now he's here to write X's and circles over footage <laughs> of football players. Thank you. Jadinglage. Uh, thank you. Jadinglage. Morgus. Thank you, Katie Blair. <laughs> Kayla, he, Kayla Higgins. <laughs> it's just yeah, me. It's me. The French arc. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lisa L. Marcus Mills. Michelle Moore. Nick Nolte. Nicole Cassis. Paula Garcia. Sean Callahan. Stephanie Pagalis. Suzanne Road and Sydney Day. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. And good night.